0: It takes a lot of work to begin to, first of all, hire and onboard those individuals. But once they get into your company, you begin with helping them understand the higher purpose of what we're trying to do, because it's something that's bigger than us.
1: Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at
2: MittenMoney.com.
1: What's going on, everyone? You're listening to another episode of Mitten Money. Continuing from our conversation last week, we're going to dive headfirst into another business that has built a theoretical moat around their business. For this week's episode, we're focusing on a business that has truly let their people become one of their biggest competitive advantages. Joining us in conversation today is Gene Pickleman and Catherine Allen. For those who don't know, Gene is the current president and CEO of TriStar Trust Bank, while Catherine is the current CEO of AL People Partners, which is a leadership development and people strategy firm. We have a spirited discussion on how conscious leadership has worked for so many companies, why your hiring and onboarding process needs to be intentionally focused on the right people and how someone could implement a more conscious culture at their workplace. Also, please stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear one of my favorite lightning round conversations. So welcome Jean and Catherine to Mint Money. So, Gene and Catherine, for the listeners who may not know, do you both mind giving a brief introduction on yourself and what attracted you both to the conscious movement in business?
2: Go ahead, Gene.
0: Okay, thank you, Will, for having us on today. Very excited to be with you and have this conversation. Brief background on myself: I grew up in Saginaw, been here my entire life. I have a wonderful wife of 43 years, two adult children, three grandchildren. And this region, the Great Lakes Bay region, is my home, which I truly love and want to leave it in a better place than it is by the end of my career. But my professional experience started with a small regional bank. I ended up in the trust and investment department, spent several years there and ended up being the senior vice president of the wealth management division for Citizens Bank in Flint. In about 2000, I was invited to be a part of a new bank, to start a bank, but only focusing on the wealth management services. And so I took that leap of faith and that risk, and that's where I'm at today. And today I'm the president and CEO of TriStar Trust Bank. I have a heart for the community. And that's the other part of my life. It's a big part of my life. And obviously my family is very important to me. What attracted me to the conscious capitalism movement is a friend of mine in 2013 gave me a paper written by John Mackey on conscious capitalism. And as I read through that paper and they hit on the four tenets of having a higher purpose integration of all stakeholders, building a conscious culture, and raising up conscious leaders. All those points hit squarely with the values that I held in trying to manage with my partner's TriStar Trust Bank. I would never have described it the way he did, but his movement gave me a vernacular of how to explain what we are, why we do it, what's important to us, and that's what drew me into the movement.
2: I'll just say that Jean and I know each other through the Conscious Capitalism movement. I am not a resident of Michigan. I grew up actually in the South, in Birmingham, Alabama. I eventually made my way to the Washington, D.C. area where I live now. My Love of the conscious capitalism movement comes really through the people aspect of business. My whole career in business has been on the people side of business, helping employees and employers communicate better. I've been a mediator, mediating workplace disputes, working in organization development, working in companies, large and small leading teams and practice areas, but really helping leaders and companies work better with each other. And that led me to a career shift from pure organization development work and training to executive coaching. And I realized about seven years ago that we really needed to take a more holistic and integrated approach to the way we develop ourselves as leaders and the way leaders can grow and develop themselves as well as all employees in a workplace setting. And that a lot of the traditional training, learning and development and training just wasn't as sustainable and effective as it could be. And so that really launched myself and my business partner at Offerdinger to create AO People Partners with a real focus on inspiring and supporting the conscious practice of people development in the workplace. Because we believe that people development in the workplace can and should be considered a form of social contribution. And our vision is that The conscious practice of people development at work will become a recognized and incentivized form of social contribution that businesses and organizations can make. And when you think about what it takes to develop people in the workplace, it really is a conscious approach. It's a very intentional, deliberative mindset. And you really... You need the tenets of conscious capitalism to do that as we are really discovering. And so Jean and I really share this view of how people development in the workplace is elevated and enabled through the four tenets of conscious capitalism. So I'm looking forward to really being in this conversation today.
1: Sure, Catherine and Gene, appreciate that. So when people traditionally think about their competitive advantage as a business, They tend to gravitate towards a certain product or strategy. However, for some, people are truly the edge. And so this seems easy to focus on, but I can imagine that there's lots of possibilities for people to undertake. So, with that being said, why has conscious leadership worked for so many companies?
0: I believe every organization, the success of that organization really is centered on the leadership of the company. As John Maxwell said, companies rise or fall. In regard to their leadership. So you can point to the leadership and you can see if the organization is going to be successful. Given that, in our business, when I look at what we do each day, which is wealth management services, it really comes down to people and their ability to do they really care about what they're doing, how they're serving people, and making a difference in their lives. And so that is as we go through our hiring and onboarding processes, we really focus on, do they have an ability to build a relationship, a caring relationship? In fact, that's one of the questions. Tell me about the best relationship you have besides family and friends. And you learn so much about what were the things that they did to build that? Obviously, competency, experience, especially when you're dealing with high net worth individuals, they want to see that. But the competitive advantage is when you have those type of people and they truly care about helping their clients achieve their financial goals. That is a win-win situation.
2: I would add to what Jane shared that you really want to be always looking to hire people who really understand and demonstrate live leadership qualities. And every industry, every business has capabilities or qualities that are really important for that business to succeed. And how leaders actually walk those values and ways of leading are going to be really important. And you can certainly hire for we We call really good fit with the company's values and what the company needs in terms of capability. But the truth is that leadership is very much a developmental process. We get better at it as we have more experience. And everything that we have, all of our influences in life influence our leadership. Becoming really able to being committed to growing as a leader, is really important today more than ever. It's maybe one of the most important muscles is really learning to really continue to learn and grow as a leader because that makes you sharper and able to learn faster. And that helps with course correction. It helps you to be able to look at what you need to look at as a leader and building those relationships are really fundamental. So knowing yourself and developing yourself helps you really lean into effective leadership.
1: That's wonderful. So I think one of those next steps might be the implementation, which is probably one of the most crucial steps for a company to try and onboard this. And so I imagine that the implementation is probably one of the most crucial steps to getting a company on board with this. And so for Eugene, why do you think TriStar was so successful with
0: the implementation of this? There's a couple of ways I could answer this question, but I would say this, where it's at today is that it has to be one of your core business strategies. And it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to begin to, first of all, hire and onboard those individuals. But once they get into your company, you begin with helping them understand the higher purpose of what we're trying to do, because it's something that's bigger than us. Yep, we really do great wealth management services, but why do we do it? And it's the big why. And I think the people that we hire today have a real big interest in that. They want meaning. They want to be part of something bigger than what they are or who they are. And It's really important to have discussions and align that with the values of how we want to behave in our organization, where we want to go. And I think the combination of that and then you combine it with the commitment to them that, hey, we want to train, we want to develop you so that you can grow and you can really enjoy your experience here at TriStar and make a difference in people's lives. And so not only do we help them with developing their technical skills, but it's also the people skills, their leadership skills, and then combining around that, surrounding them is to give them tremendous experiences. I mean, experiences that they probably won't typically get at a larger institution, but they are right in the midst of some great experiences with clients or with community or with working with our strategic partners and how do we make our investment decisions and how do we make distributions from trust? Many organizations, if you're starting out, you're never gonna have that opportunity. So having those experiences, giving them time to commit a part of their day here at work to volunteering for the community, There's just so many different ways, simple things that you can do to help them in their growth, in their position.
2: I think what you can hear from Jane's answer is really illustrative of what a real conscious leader thinks about when they think of the kinds of people they want in their business to grow and serve the purpose of their business. And so it really is true that Leaders who are clear about what they're trying to do with their business, the kind of people that are important, that they take the time to articulate what they value, why it's important, and being able to articulate that, communicate that really clearly is a really important leadership responsibility starting at the very top. But this is what creates the clarity that enables you to start to weave. The way you support, you not only onboard employees and then begin to develop them, but it's what they begin to hear and see in the way the leaders in the organization actually what we would call own, model, and drive that agenda. The agenda for the company and then the development agenda of how we go about intentionally wanting to grow and develop the capabilities of our people and as they grow in leadership responsibility from wherever they are. And what we know today that's so important is this intentionality of connecting your values and how you are expecting leaders to embody those core values and lead them so people can see what it looks like. And then how do you start to really develop people based in these values and being clear about what's important of our capabilities if relationship and relationship building is really foundational or core to successful client relationships then what do we want our leaders and our employees to know about how you go about building those good relationships and taking the time to do that becomes really important and so i think what just In listening to Gene, you really get a sense of how you go about implementing and growing the leaders that can represent what your company is all about.
1: I think that's perfect, and I know from a high level for both of you, we've been talking so much about a lot of the benefits from a high perspective, but do you guys mind defining one or two of the most crucial things or benefits you guys have seen from Catherine, from your experience working with so many companies and Gene with yourself through... Friends, either with a conscious leadership network that you've talked with or within TriStar, do you guys mind defining some of those crucial things or benefits that you've seen?
0: Well, I think the number one benefit for driving conscious leaders is that you have unity. You're all on the same page. It would be foolish for me to think that I could just do this by myself and lead the company. And the beautiful thing about this is you've risen these leaders up to the top and they're taking. Ownership. Again, they own it, they model it, and they drive it. And you need that in your company. If it's just up to the CEO, it's just not going to go very far. But as I have one on one meetings with all my leaders, and even I make it a point for all new hires that come into this organization, I take them out for lunch about three to six months after they've been here. And I ask them, hey, How TriStar impacted your life? And it is amazing the stories that come back. And we share those stories. And that just provides energy to the leadership and throughout the rest of the company. I think people just, again, begin to grow closer. We truly, I have one executive said to me when he came over from another institution, he goes, where I was at, we cared about our clients. We cared about each other, but you guys take it to another level. You love them. Boy, that hit me. When someone that comes in from a different organization spends a couple of years here and then can make that differential statement, I think we're doing something pretty special.
2: I think just from my experience being an employee in organizations and companies, being in management in organizations, So my lived experience and then my experience of supporting and assisting leaders in organizations as part of my profession. The thing that's most important is just realizing we are all human beings and we all want to be in good relationships at work. And people really respond to the degree to which They feel they are respected and valued. And the developing of relationships is really key to most everything you want to happen amongst leaders in an organization. The degree to which they can unify is a function of how a senior leader gets in relationship and builds that sense of unity. How we feel at work is not a squishy thing to talk about it's really really important i think this is what gene is highlighting but if i had to say that there's a number one thing to really focus on with new leaders and with your employees it is ensuring that those employees experience good relationship building they learn how to experience good relationship and then how to build those relationships themselves with each other as colleagues with clients and customers. And so focusing on the human interaction and relationship building to me is the foundation for all good human interaction in the workplace.
0: Well, if I could add to that just a little bit, when we look at the development of people and looking at the effectiveness of our leaders, each year we do an assessment of our organization and. I'll try to determine what's our employee engagement. And we've been very fortunate. We're at about 87%, which is really, really high and very tough to maintain. But that is a real good measure of the strength of your relationships within and the culture that you've established. And by all means, we are not perfect by any means. We have some relational issues. You're always going to have those. But what I've learned is that we can effectively deal with them. And we can minimize or neutralize those types of situations. Because we have a lot of forces coming at us that can pull us together, like greed and things of that nature. It's not easy. You have to be on top of it really every day.
1: I think that sums things up pretty well. And so, for Catherine, I'd be remiss if I didn't share. I've actually started reading your book, the first couple of chapters. And so, do you mind telling the audience a little about the story about writing a book on conscious leadership with your co author, Ed?
2: Be happy to. The book is actually a fable. It starts out as a fable about a CEO, a founder of a company who realized with his co-founder that the challenges that they were experiencing, they were experiencing a lot of headwinds, fierce competition, erosion of employee engagement and some attrition. And the story really helps to share a message that a focus on developing people is really one of the best ways to address all of the things that you want to be strong in your organization. And so we tell this as a fable because this is the leader's journey, the CEO's journey, and his team's journey of learning how to see the development of capable people as not only a key to the business success that so we talk about, we share, it's a wonderful engaging story that Ed was the primary writer of around how it really became the way in which this company turned a lot of challenges around. But we also believe that people development in the workplace can and should be recognized today as a form of social contribution. And we think it may be the highest form of social contribution that a company can make because when employees have access to learning more about themselves, learning and gaining experience with skills that help them be their best at work, but also their best outside of work, that is a real benefit that that employee is gaining that a company has a lot to do with enabling. Just like we now recognize environmental sustainability efforts by companies as a form of contribution and even philanthropic commitments as a form of contribution. We believe that investing in developing your people done well. Is also a form of contribution, social contribution that helps to elevate humanity. And so that's the primary message of the book is that yes, you really, in today's world, being volatile and uncertain and complex and ambiguous, people development is going to be a key driver, a key means for business sustainability, innovation, and being able to compete and succeed in the workplace in this volatile. Work world. But we want employers to recognize that they can really make a wonderful contribution to society that can be an expanded purpose for why their business exists. And so we not only tell a great story to illustrate how this can happen, but we also give in the second part of the book some very practical sustainable ways that leaders can begin to develop a more conscious development culture. How can they go about really integrating development as a way of thinking, as a mindset, and enabling every employee to be developing in the course of their everyday work experience and how to make that real. That's why we wrote the book.
1: No, that's perfect, Anne. Like what I was mentioning earlier, it's been such a fun read. It doesn't read like a typical business textbook. It's nice, easy to read, it's enjoyable. So I appreciate Good. you touching on that. And that was our awesome. <laughs> so now moving to what are perhaps some of my favorite questions to go ask all of our guests with our lightning round of questions. And so, Gene and Catherine, what would you say is your most important daily habit?
0: This question was easy for me. I start my day in quiet time where I pray, I read God's word. I just meditate and I think about what the day might bring and taking that half hour to 45 minutes each day just to sit and be quiet. Because once I step out the door, it's fast and furious and that helps settle me down. And hopefully I think it really gives me some peace and confidence of going forward that, okay, we're going to go out and try and make a difference in some people's lives.
2: I'm similar to Jean in that I have really, really established the practice of setting my intentions every day. I block time every morning for silence, prayer, intention setting. What do I want to accomplish in this day? Really asking to use me as let me be of service all day. And so this intention setting is really important. The other thing I do is in the evening before I go to bed, I have a journal beside my bed, and I always capture three things I'm grateful for, things I learned that day. And then I set my intention for the next day. I assume that the next day is done. And how is it a successful day? And so intention setting is a practice that I've been doing every day, virtually every day for almost 20 years.
1: That's wonderful. What's your favorite TV or streaming show that you're currently watching or have recently?
0: quite honestly, well, I don't have a lot of time to watch TV. If I do, I watch news and sports. If there was one series I was always captivated on, it was The Voice, because I just love listening to these talented singers. And I am just moved and appreciative of people who can sing because I can't.
2: I similarly Find it hard to make time to sit down and watch things. But I must say, I really am getting into the streaming videos. I now understand why it's so great to have a series and be able to just turn a series on. I must say that with the Queen's passing, Queen Elizabeth's passing, I watched a documentary series about the Windsors. And then I watched The Crown, good chunks of The Crown. And I just appreciate that we have really high quality ways to follow stories, follow series. And so that's something that I'm enjoying getting into is just different good stories.
1: Well, that's wonderful. And so if you guys could be remembered for just one thing, what would it be?
0: That I was part of the community, to make it a better place to live, work, and play.
2: And I want to be remembered for helping as many people as possible really live every day to learn and grow and find everything and everyone as a source of learning and growth. I think that you create so much value all throughout your day when you can just see everything that happens and everyone that you interact with as something to learn from and to grow from. And so that's really the mission that I pursue with my work every day. I try to live it myself every day and it's something that I hope will be part of what I leave behind.
1: That's perfect. And so for those people who want to learn more about either of you, what are some good resources for the listeners out there?
2: To learn about me, you can go to the website of my company, AOPeoplePartners.com. That's partners with an S. And you can find me on LinkedIn. And we do have a Twitter handle. I must say I'm not using it very much, so that's not going to be very helpful. But my website, AOPeoplePartners.com. And you can reach me at Catherine.Allen. That's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E.Allen at... AoPeoplePartners.com
0: And similar, you can find out more about me at tristartrust.com. And that's our website. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And my email address is gene.pickleman, that's P-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at tristartrust.com.
1: Well, perfect. Thank you guys for coming on today's podcast. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Mid Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss when new episodes drop. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Gene. You've been listening to Mitten Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at tristartrust.com.